you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm gonna just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor, let's go! Welcome to another episode of Friday Happy Hour here on the Buckets Podcast at the Action Network. I'm Brandon Anderson. I'm here today with Joe Delera. And we are going to talk about all things NBA All-Stars today. We're going to make our NBA All-Star picks. We'll talk about MVP, most improved, some of the different ways you can bet some of these things. I don't think we found a way to bet on who makes the All-Star team yet. I suppose since we are technically voting for them, that might be like voter fraud or something that's illegal in 49 states, at least, I'm sure. So we'll we'll talk about All-Star teams. Joe uh, was on here talking props with us maybe about a month or month and a half ago on a Friday episode. Hopefully you have, by the time you're listening to this, you've heard Joe on a Thursday workshop talking about some games. Joe, welcome back to the Friday happy hour. Thanks. It's nice to be here. You know, it's always good to be around for a happy hour, talking some shop about, uh, you know, some more fun stuff. So this I think this will be a great, uh, a great pod where we can talk about a little bit of the uh, like our biases and who we actually like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, to be clear, neither Joe or I, to my knowledge, I, I don't have a vote. Joe, do you have a vote in the all-star? The, the, do you get an official vote? of? Some oh, no. Sort? I have that yeah. public vote that everyone has that you're That's never right. really sure if you voted or not, <laughs> but you will get NBA emails after that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we will be voting with the public. These are just our picks. These are who we think are going to, who should make the all-star team. Got a little twist to add in with some coaching thing as well. Uh, Joe, tell the people what you do at Action Network and where they can find you on social. So uh, with Action, I've been doing game guides for a couple of years now, whether it's game guides, best bets. Uh, once a week, you'll see me doing daily action, daily action picks for the YouTube channel. So that's usually out on Mondays. Uh, sometimes we switch days, but you know, there's, we got picks every day. So somebody else is doing it too. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at Joe Delera. Uh, that's J O E D E L L E R A. And, uh, so we do that. We've been popping on some podcasts now and, uh, which should be a good time. So I got my own podcast and we put that one out there and it's a good time. That's fun. So cash that, uh, give that a listen to. Gotta do it. You gotta cash it. And yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe and I uh, talked a lot of escalator props and just props world last time. I'm sure we'll do that again. We might get some props talk along the way here too. Uh, yeah, let, let's just jump in. Let's do some all-stars. So over like, what, two decades at this point, it feels like the West all-star team has always been 
the crunch, you know, like the East All-Stars, there's like eight. And then it was like, I don't know, Joe, you want to play on the All-Star game tonight? You know, like <laughs> Where it's like pulling dudes from the stands. I feel like it flipped this year. I feel like yeah. the East is, is a lot more interesting. So I want to start with the West. I feel like the West has the star your stars, maybe. But yeah. uh, just it, it's a little clear who they are. So we're just going to go through an order. So first question for you in the West, how many starters do you consider locks on your ballot? Obviously, we've got we've got five. Which of the five are absolute must lock starters for you? Uh, I have three of them, I think, that are must. And I, and I think I have a fourth that I think is about as close to being a must uh, as you can get. I have LeBron, uh, Jokic, and Curry as my locks. But I also think that John Morant like, should really be locked in. He's been absolutely incredible. Uh, I could see that one being getting a little pushback just because he's, you know, he's a little bit newer. He's, he's that guy that's like busting through this year. But I, I really feel like he's had just a transcendent year and he's basically becoming a meme. So like, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, that block the other day, absolutely ridiculous against the Lakers. Yeah. yeah that you're, I, I was that I asked that question in a leading way because I'm, I'm about the same spot as you. I think it's I think there are, you know, 3.9 locks in the starters. And, it, yeah. and it's that way. I think I think Jaw is getting closer and closer. Like each week, the closer we get to the all-star game, that might turn into 3.95. And it just might, might just be four pretty soon. It might be already really. Jokic, obviously having just incredible historic numbers, all the advanced metrics, just breaking them basically at this point. And LeBron, uh, especially with Anthony Davis out the last 11 games, I think he's at 34.1 points a game, huge numbers. Steph actually you know, a little a little broken lately. Obviously an all-star starter. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, I agree. I think John Morant has has shown himself to be clearly in that mix. Crazy to say too, because you know, for so long, like Damian Lillard couldn't even get a starting spot in the West because there were so many guys blocking his path. And like <laughs> we'll come back to Dame. I don't know. Will we come back to Dame? I, I don't know. I don't Sounds know. like no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he'll be available, but I'm not sure that he was going to be available among our choices anyway. No. So, so John Morant. John was my guy for most improved. We did our little draft thing way back. I wrote most improved article. I was in an OG Anobi early. And then as as his odds kind of dropped close to the season, John was my second guy and then became my top guy. 30 to one. John is now a, a minus in front of his name at books for most improved. So... Here's my question. Jaw is a stud, superstar, obvious, going to be in that mix. Do you think that Jaw has gotten too good to win most improved? <laughs> and is there any value to you still to play the most improved race on him? Uh, I, I don't I don't usually like to lay a minus number on an award with this much left in the season, just because yeah. I, I think it's there's just a lot that can happen. Um, but I, I do think that he... I think he's so, he's so good. I think the key is going to be almost like as long as he doesn't get too close to like an MVP contender, then I think he can win most improved. It's like almost as, it sounds ridiculous, but like, I think it's hard. I feel like it would be hard to win most improved at MVP in the same year. It's almost like how rookies don't win rookie of the year and MVP in the same year. Um, granted, I think in the NBA, that's probably a little more difficult, but uh, I probably would, wouldn't I wouldn't add to a position that I have, uh, especially if I had one like you. But if you had somebody else, maybe um, 
that was in like the second or third uh, running for most improved, then, then maybe that's a spot that you want to say like, all right, well, if I have some free bets or something like that, I'll, I just want to bring back a little bit of cash here. Yeah. I, I think I'm with <laughs> you on that. I, Jock is clearly the favorite at this point. I'm looking right now at DraftKings. He's minus 175. I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's what he should be. And they, yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to bet it with a minus number, but it also feels like if he stays healthy, that it's 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 maybe a wrap, but yeah. it's John Morant, and if he stays healthy, is not necessarily given with him. Knock on wood. Hopefully, the guy stays healthy and keeps going well. But you know, the, his his style of play does tend to lend itself to injury. So uh, there's a guy. We'll come back to most improved. There's a guy that you and I will be talking about soon that I think could be an interesting candidate here if something did open up there. Yeah. What about MVP here? So you know the. The elephant in the room with Steph Curry. Steph is the favorite. Steph is the guy. It felt like about a month ago, we kind of just decided collectively, Steph is the MVP this year. He's back. The Warriors are back. We got it. Steph is it. And then we had the, you know, the three-point thing. And it felt like leading into the record and kind of ever since then, he, he just hasn't quite been the same. He's really been downright bad for the last couple yeah. of weeks. But that's fine. He's allowed. <laughs> He's allowed to have a, miss a few shots. But I wonder, it is... Have we closed the book too soon? You know, like I, I certainly I would not want to be betting on Steph MVP at his number right now. Do we think that the race might be a little more open than we're kind of letting on right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that Giannis is kind of underrated a little bit. I, like I, I'm pretty high on the Bucks still overall, um, especially even looking at the title. So I think that there's a little bit of value with Giannis to win MVP. But I mean, if we're looking at it, You've got your reigning MVP, you've got the Joker, and he's just putting up crazy advanced stats. And then, you know, like LeBron is just a freak. Like, does the guy get older? I don't understand. Like, I mean, his hairline's <laughs> been the same for the past, like, 15 years. But, like, you know, like, he's just, he's been incredible. Uh, and he's putting up, True. you know, 30-plus points a game. Like, it's, like it's nothing. Uh, granted, he doesn't have that, the same help. But I, I think it's tough to bet on Steph at this number especially if the way the West kind of is, if, if a team can really go on a bit of a run, you know, that might open it up for somebody else there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, looking at DraftKings, Steph Curry is plus 150 right now. So he is the favorite still, <clears throat> not a minus number yet. Kevin Durant is plus 190. I actually didn't realize it was quite so close there. So Plus 220 on FanDuel for Durant. Okay. So, so, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to Durant, obviously, in the East. I, I would not want to bet Steph at that number right now. Uh, I, I think it's more open maybe than the media is letting on. I think that there still could be a race here. There's a lot of season left to play. We don't really know how the Warriors will go. We don't know how Steph will hold up. Obviously, he's getting older and another guy, you know, he's, he's a smaller player compared to NBA players. So there's some risk there. Do you think, so I'm seeing right now at DraftKings, we talked about Jokic, we talked about LeBron. Jokic is at plus 1,300 right now. LeBron's at plus 4,000. Obviously, the big hurdle for either one of those guys is team record. We know MVP almost always comes from one of those top two seeds. It's not going to be the Nuggets or the Lakers. Do you think as we kind of finish up our starters here, do you see either one of those guys having any shot or are they kind of shooting for back of the ballot at this point? I don't think it's totally crazy because if you go up, if you can get up to like the five seed, then because the it looks like seeds one through four are pretty like locked in as long as the Grizzlies don't fade. But if you can get up to the five seed and then you look at the way these rosters are constructed, I, like I think that there's also a narrative play here 
I, I could imagine people want to give LeBron another MVP, uh, especially if it's close. I could see them saying like, all right, like we want to give him one. This maybe this is the last one we can give him. And he's, you know, however many years old now. So that that's the only thing, but I don't, and the, and I mean, the nuggets, the nuggets have a better, I think they have a better chance of going on a run just because you figure Murray's going to come back relatively soon. Um, or maybe like a little bit after the all-star break. And that could actually maybe give them a little bit of a boost that they don't have. Uh, whereas, you know, if, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis come back, the Lakers might lose more games. Who knows? So uh, I think that that might be the angle. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with that. I think that there is a there is a play there. I think LeBron, too, if you've got a book where you can cash out, you know, you've got an opportunity there to get in. And like, look, I mean, the guy is scoring 34 points a game right now with Davis out. So there's going to be a LeBron moment. We're going to have a LeBron week or a LeBron month or just a LeBron, LeBron, whatever that is. He'll just pick something and decide to be the story because it's LeBron and he can yeah. and he should be. And, and so that number is going to shorten at some point. So I think especially as a cash out option, there's value there. I don't know if I can see it all the way to MVP to get past at this point, Steph and Durant and Giannis for all, all three of those. I think you have to have a serious drop off for either yeah. for anyone else to get into it. So that, that's asking a lot. But I think that especially with LeBron, there could be some cash out. So, okay, back to All-Stars. We haven't made it very far yet. <laughs> so, West starters, we've got Jokic, LeBron, Steph, and Ja. So we've got two guards. We've got two front court players. Who's your fifth starter in the West? I have Rudy Gobert as my last starter in the West. Um, just wanted to bring a full circle here. <laughs> uh, I, I think it just had to do with the fact that, you know, you get three front court players, and there wasn't anybody that I felt – I felt I, I like Draymond a lot and I thought about going that route. Uh, but I just felt that Gobert's just like, he's just, he's been incredible this year again. And it's like, you want to, re- I kind of wanted to reward the jazz in a way, like for at least the way that I'm voting uh, yeah. in this imaginary vote, but I, I'm, I wanted to reward the jazz for what they're doing as well and try to get them a starter. Yeah, I, I get all that. I, I tend to be a bit of a traditionalist on all-star voting. Like I, I really try to follow the positionality thing. So I ended up going with Draymond as my starter here. You know, you mentioned him. I look at my team. I need a forward. I know, yeah. I know what the rules are. I know that you can start, go bear, start whatever you feel like it. I need a forward. Draymond is by far, by far the next best forward on my list. So I'm happy to reward Draymond Draymond got snubbed off the NBA 75 team. As far as I'm concerned, he's going to finally get that second defensive player of the year award, which has been overdue. So I got Draymond there. Gobert, obviously on the team. I don't care that he's not fun to watch and it's an all-star game. He's one of the top 24 players. It's not close. He's on the all-star team. It would, what do you do with the jazz players? So Gobert's on mine. He's my top reserve basically. So Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, where are they on the list? Do you have either of them as a lock in your reserve? Did you consider them? Uh, I have Mitchell. Mitchell made my cut like for like the reserves. I don't have Conley on this list. Um, I felt that my thing, my issue with the jazz is that this year, actually their defense isn't as good. And when Gobert has been off the floor, their defense is like bad. So I, I was like that, like that kind of, they have enough people like on offense, they have a lot of scores, but like Gobert's impact for that team, especially this year, maybe in different years, it's a little bit, 
you can have a different position, but I felt that Gobert was like the guy for the jazz. Uh, but Conley, Conley, I had left off of my, off of my list here. Yeah. I didn't expect Conley even really to be that close. And he ended up being one of the last names on my list. I needed more front court guys than backcourt guys. Again, yeah. kind of following the, the, the rules here, Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell. I don't know who's one, a one B. I don't really care. They're both in. I don't really feel like one needs to start over the other one on the all-star team or whatever else. They're both on my reserves. Uh, Chris Paul, I think that we agree has to be a reserve there. Yeah. Let's talk about the Suns, though. Obviously, the Suns are at any moment basically tied at the top of the NBA with the Warriors. So Chris Paul, I think, is clearly the top pick on that team. What about Devin Booker? What about DeAndre Ayton? Do you ascribe to the the Phoenix Suns deserve a second all-star? Where are you at with Suns, guys? Um, no, uh, I, I just, I'm not there. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, I think Booker's an awesome watch. Um, but I just don't, I don't get there with him, with some of the other guys that I think should make the all-star team. And I think it's kind of one of those things, like, if you want to, if you want to say like, yeah, Devin Booker's awesome. He's really fun to watch. He's definitely a very popular player. Sure. But I think that there's some other players that are probably more deserving of at least the initial reserve nod. And then, you know, they're not going to play. Like we have, like, we already know like guys like Dame, if he did get named, it's not going to play, you know, you have Paul George, some other players, like they're not going to play. So it's going to open up some spots. I think Booker could get in. And if I had to pick between Booker and Aiden, I'd probably go with Booker just because he's going to get more like clicks. Uh, but I don't, I don't have either of them on my reserves uh, in this instance. Yeah, I don't either. And it's tough because how do you not have from, from ostensibly the best team in the NBA, if you're going by record and I I would put a couple other teams above them, but you know, it's a wins and losses league. They're winning the games and it sort of feels like they should have more than one guy there, especially because like, look, it's not like Chris Paul is an MVP candidate either. You know, So if, if you have, not a super duper star at the top of the list with respect to CP. Like I'm a huge CP guy, but you know, that it's, it's not a decade ago with him. So if you have no super duper star, then you surely would think that to have the best record in the league, you must have multiple other all-stars. You know, how, how could you have possibly three all-stars for the jazz? If Conley is on there and he isn't quite for us, but I might even take Conley over Aiden or Booker. If I have the choice, Um, I was leaning toward Aiden over Booker uh, if I was choosing one of them, but not necessarily straight up on value. I, I don't know about importance to the team. Aiden's only six on the team in minutes also. Uh, it came down to needing a front court player, so Aiden stayed in the mix a little bit more so. But uh, we're going to talk coaches. We'll come back to Phoenix because I think that that's, for me, that's a solution as to how the Suns all-star uh, selections work out. West backup. So we've got Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. Basically, we have identical teams so far, except just uh, you're starting Gobert. I've got Draymond. So that's eight in. Yeah, you, that's close. <laughs> yeah. So we've got 12 spots. How many other guys do you have in the West that are that absolutely have to be in your reserve list? Um, so we I had Draymond was my number one reserve. Um, yeah. So we agreed on that. I think that despite the injury, I felt like Paul George deserved an all star nod um, with the understanding that he's obviously going to get replaced. So I, I felt that he he was somebody that really had kind of carried that team. Like the Clippers are just pretty bad without him on the on the roster right now. And I felt like he deserved a nod. Another guy was Luca. And he's that guy, like we've been talking about him as that he's gonna win an MVP. 
And I don't know what happened besides maybe <laughs> Jason Kidd showing up in Dallas, but it's been, it's been a weird, it's been a weird year for people that have, you know, Luca shares basically. It has been, it's, you know, he was the favorite for MVP coming into the season. I don't think he should have been. We talked about no. that coming into the season. It's, you know, we, we love to hype the young guys and we know that's how it goes and books want to entice, entice money on the young players. So Luca's probably going to be the favorite again next year, regardless of what happens this year. He's going to be right up there again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just, he, to me, it's an all-star game. I give Luca the benefit of the doubt. He probably should be on the team, but with the benefit of the doubt, he's definitely in. I don't have him as like the lockiest lock. He's kind of like the ninth or 10th guy on my team for me, yeah. but that's still pretty safely in. Paul George. So I have my last spot. I'm still kind of debating as we go. And Paul George is one of the names in the mix for me. So we'll, we'll come back to him for a second. A couple other names that I had. So I had Carl Anthony Towns. He was about my seventh Man. or eighth choice here. I had Towns pretty safely in. Uh, he's, he's 10th in EPM on dunks and threes. He just has been awesome. And the Wolves finally are at least competent. We don't ask for much. Just be competent and be awesome. Put up huge numbers. So I think yeah. Towns has to be there. Actually, Plus we needed those big guys. We need, yeah, we need it, the big we, guys. We needed so. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I actually consider Towns as a starter, not because yeah. I thought he's one of the top five players in the West, but just, you know, like by the advanced metrics, Towns, Gobert, Draymond, Towns is ahead on, of those three in some of those. So, you know, not that it's all about advanced metrics on an all-star game, but I think he's got to be on the team for sure. So I believe then, I think you might be at 11. Yeah, There's a I, name that, that both of us are on that I want to talk about here that I have not really heard much all-star love. But I you and it. I love DeJounte Murray. So the guy's awesome. <laughs> give me some DeJounte love. What do you love about him? I mean, look, he's on he's on the Spurs. So I mean, that's automatically just like a tough spot to be in because they're they're not like really supposed to be good. And I think the concern with him is like you really look at it and you're like, are these good stats, bad team type of deal? But the Spurs have been pretty spunky. And I mean, if you if you actually look at his counting numbers, they're pretty comparable to Lucas. Uh, you know, he's scoring a couple points less, but he's got, he's basically averaging a triple double or like close to it every game. I think that this is a spot where we can back DeJounte. You know, he's just been so good. He's at, you know, basically 18, eight and eight, eight and nine. He's a nightly triple double threat more or less. Uh, and he's just, he's putting up huge numbers. He's always been an awesome positional rebounder. He's always been a defensive stud. So, you know, that, that the defense is going to show up. He's fourth in the NBA in assists per game. He's leading the NBA in steals per game, top 20 in box plus minus at uh, BPM at basketball reference. Just a star. He's 10th or 11th on my list, but he's, he's relatively safely on like uh, of the other names that I would have to take over him. Talked about Conley or Booker, you know, maybe I add Tyrese Halliburton at least, but to me, DeJounte is, is a pretty clear step above. He's the guy that I want to bring up with most improved. If jaw, isn't the most improved either. He gets too good or he gets an injury or just loses some steam. Is DeJounte the guy for you? And is, is, are you going to bet him? Yeah, he's at a 13 to one on FanDuel. It's, you know, it's John Morant and miles bridges, then DeJounte. And I, I, I think that DeJounte is fully deserving of that award, especially if Ja is kind of subsumed into the MVP conversation. I get that. That's probably not really like a constellation. Like you want to win an award, I guess. Uh, but I think that DeJounte is, I, if, I think if he makes this all-star team and gets put on as a reserve, I think he'll get a lot more eyes. I think he'll get to be a little bit more of a popular player, even though he's in 
you know, San Antonio, but you, you, I think he, I think he's excellent. And he's somebody that has just been an absolute cash every game. Like his rebounds assist line is almost always like 16 and a half, 17 and a half. And the way his averages are, that's just been money this season. Yeah. He's been a great props guy. I feel bad because as we're recording this, I actually just finally wrote about DeJounte today and I recommended an under for him after all, <laughs> all of our DeJounte love. We've had a lot of overs, but you know, I mean, the Spurs are missing like the entire roster. So yeah, it's hard to other guys have to make shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Assists require more than one person. You got to actually have your teammates come through for you. And, you know, we got like Josh Primo and some other guys yeah. for them. It's Kate, like the Kate yeah. Cunningham syndrome. Yeah, it, it is. So yeah, I love DeJounte. I do think that there's some value there. Same price on DraftKings. So if, especially if you don't believe in the Grizzlies, don't believe in, in John Morant, or maybe if you really do, maybe if you think that they're going to get up to like the two state or something and that John moves into serious MVP contention, I think, you know, Miles Bridges has been the other most improved guy. I've never bought him as that award. He, he hasn't quite enough taken that leap. He's kind of that Jeremy Grant type candidate for me this year, where it's, he's clearly very good, but it's a team that's not really relevant. And yeah. he just hasn't, he hasn't quite had that last half step into, like he's not going to be in our Eastern conversation. I don't think when we get there. No. And, he, and for him too, it's like, how do you give it to him when you have LaMelo doing what LaMelo is doing like exactly. on the same team? So uh, I would, I think that the race is really, you know, Ja DeJounte with maybe a little bit of Garland and Bane in there. But, um, but yeah. that's, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Bain's going to have the same problem as like, you know, on his own team with Jaw and Jerry exactly. Jackson kind of getting in the way. So, uh, all right. So you've got 12 guys now, my last, but I don't want to belabor it. I need a front court player. And basically I, I don't want to pick anyone. Like, <laughs> can I like put another East guy on the list? Like normally we don't, we don't run out of spots or run out of names for West spots. And it kind of went the other way. So I ended up basically at Paul George. DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Davis, who like, Oof. no, please, no, I don't want him on the team. I don't feel like he's played enough or deserved it in what he has. We don't played. have any more guard spots. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to put a Conley on. I wanted to just give Conley a spot sentimentally so that he actually, like, actually gets the spot for once after all the years we snubbed. Yeah. I tried to get there on Kristaps Porzingis. I, I just wrote about him in a Mavs article that we all worked on together. It's up at Action Network. I think Porzingis has a case. He's 12th in PER. I know PER is what it is. Yeah. He's 25th in EPM. He's 19th in BPM. There are 24 all-stars. If you're a top 24 player, you're an all-star. The problem is he's played under 800 minutes on top of those things. Porzingis is a, you got to really earn it at this point. Like with Luca, I'm putting him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Porzingis yeah. gets the doubt of the benefit. <laughs> Whatever yeah. the opposite is, like, like I, I don't have to see it a little bit more. So I guess I'm just going to cheat. I'm going to put Paul George on my team too. I don't really, I don't really feel like I need him on the team. I don't really feel no. like he has to be there for me. It's kind of just a punt. I'm happy to get him on the spot. And three weeks from now, or whenever we have to really pick again, somebody else will have emerged by then. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the Paul George thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's talk coaches a little bit. So here's my idea. This is my, my soapbox for all-star games. We should have all-star coaches too. And I know we have one, which put whoever has the best record in the league. So in each league, we choose 12 all-stars. There are 15 teams in the, each conference. There are five players, so that's 75 players, but not everyone's really eligible. Some starter positions aren't locked, locked up, whatever. Really, there's like 60 candidates. We choose 12. That's 
there are 15 coaches. Let's choose 20% of them and reward them as all-stars. So that's three out of the 15. I think we should choose three coaches to go coach in the all-star game. You know, maybe we don't start during pandemic and send more guys together. <laughs> but uh, let's give them the honor because here's the reason. We do this thing every year where, well, how can you, how can the Suns only deserve one all-star berth? Or what yeah. about this team? They have to have an all-star. Who is, who's their all-star? You know, like the, the pop all-star spot for years. Greg Popovich should be like an 18-time all-star right now, you know? Because Seriously. like every year, like, well, I don't know. Do I got a shoehorn a spur on? They do have the third best record again, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so, so I think three all-star coaches. So let's just say that that's the rules. So in the West, give me your first West all-star coach. Uh, I would say that this year it's got to be Taylor Jenkins out of Memphis um, just because of what they're doing. Uh, I don't, I think we thought they'd be good, but I don't think we thought they'd be this good. And they're beating all the, they're really beating like all of the best teams too. So that's kind of, that's, yeah. that's where I'm at. Like I, I have a couple other guys that are, I'm sure you have, I'm sure we have similar people here, but uh, I, I was thinking if you're in terms of somebody that really deserves it, uh, I, I felt like he kind of transcended what we thought they could do. I agree. You know, Matt Moore had this stat out earlier. The, the Grizzlies are 19 and eight against teams 500 or better now, 19 and eight. And it, they're basically even with the jazz in the standings now, and only a couple of games back really from the Suns and the Warriors at this point, which uh, I don't know. I like the Grizzlies coming into the season. I did not see this coming from them. No. So yeah, I agree. Taylor Jenkins is, is my starter. Like I think we get a head coach and two assistants. He, he's my head coach for this game. Yeah. So I suspect that we have one, some, one other assistant shared, and then I have a shock assistant on my team. Oh boy. <laughs> so, Second, the first assistant that I think we probably both have. Do you have Monty Williams? I have Monty Williams on there. Yeah. So that's so that for us both that we did not have a second son on our team. Monty gets the second son spot. That's why I like the all-star coaches thing. Yeah. The sons yeah. deserve an all-star. <laughs> and I think, like you said, there's not a superstar on this team. It, it's just, it works. We know what the sons are. We know it works. Monty's got it all going. So I think he's an easy choice. Who's your third all-star coach in the West? I said Steve Kerr, but I could probably be convinced otherwise. We'll see about that because <laughs> Steve Kerr was Steve Kerr is my fourth. I, I wish I could get a spot for Kerr. I thought about Ty Lue just because the Clippers are kind of hanging around Fair. with with nobody. Here's my third all-star coach, and I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking Jason Kidd. What? <laughs> the Mavericks are the five seed in the West. Luka Doncic has not been great compared to what we expected. He's fourth on the team in minutes. Christophe Porzingis is seventh on the team in minutes and the Mavericks are still right there as the five seed right there, still contending in the division. They're top five in defense. God knows how at <laughs> some point, either. at some point, isn't, don't we have to like, I know what we all thought about Jason Kidd coming into the year. I thought it too. We, we dumped on him on buckets podcast every time we get the chance to, <laughs> if you took away his name and who he is, and this was just a new coaching hire and the Mavericks, got a new coach and got better despite Luca missing time. And despite him not being himself, wouldn't we be saying that that coach should be getting a lot of credit for this? Yeah, probably. So I get, I guess, uh, I guess you, I can see what, uh, <laughs> I can see your angle, but I, I don't know. That's a tough sell. 
I did not expect it coming in. Uh, wh- what about, uh, do you have odds? I'm looking at DraftKings right now. Jason Kidd is 30 to one coach of the year. What do you yes, think? Same. A little nibble on Jason Kidd? I, I, I think I'll forego that nibble. I'm on a diet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go over to the East because some, we took a little longer in the West, but we talked about a lot of our, our gambling angles along the way here. So in the East, uh, we're, you sent me your list beforehand. I have not sent you mine yet, but suffice to say, we've got some conflicts here. So <laughs> in the East, how many absolute got to have it starters are there? Like who are your absolute lock starters? I have two and it's Kevin Durant and Giannis and that's it. Everybody else is like open to interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I had, so I I basically, I have four, but only because I broke through, I have one slash four slash two. I don't know which Giannis is the one like Giannis is definitely it. My first version of my Eastern all-stars literally had Kevin Durant coming off the bench. Like when I went to bed last night, Kevin Durant was coming off the bench and I woke up and I was like, no, that's absolutely crazy. It's an all-star game. Kevin Durant is maybe the best player in the world. He can't come off the bench. Here's the reason. Again, I'm a traditionalist. I want two guards, two forwards and a center. Giannis is a forward. I think Jimmy Butler has to be an all-star starter. Jimmy Butler has been awesome. And by a lot of the advanced metrics has been ahead of Durant and ahead of some, a lot of these other guys. Jimmy Butler is ninth in EPM. He hasn't played enough minutes, but it's an all-star game. I don't really care so much about minutes if you're that good. And the Heat are right there. The Heat are the three-seed right now. And it's Butler and a bunch of, like, Bam has not done much of anything this year. Lowry has taken a step back from what he used to be. It's Jimmy Butler. And yeah. I just, I feel like he's got to be a starter. And again, traditionalist. Jimmy Butler is a forward. Let's not pretend. Jimmy Butler is not a guard anymore. He's a forward. So that left no forward spots anymore. So I was like, well, is Giannis a center? He's kind of a center. I can move him there. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. But then I wanted Joel Embiid on the list. I know he's one of your names as well. So I just decided the heck with it. Tradition gone. I'm putting <laughs> Butler at guard. I'm playing Durant and Giannis. Joel Embiid is a starter. He's my center. I yeah. don't really care. These aren't the teams anyways. We do the draft thing now. I would, I, I we could start five non-guards in the East. The, I don't want to start any of the guards in the East. Just uh, so I try to follow the rules the best I can. I think Butler has to be a starter though. Yeah. I mean, just, they could just subscribe to the Cavaliers backcourt anyway. Like whatever, <laughs> like it's not a big deal. Just start like three centers. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lowry Markinen has been a shooting guard his entire career anyway. So that one's working out <laughs> just fine for them. <laughs> Never been a huge Lowry fan. Happy for the Cavs, though. Yeah. So, did you have? Did you end up with Embiid or Butler as a starter on your list? I had Embiid as a starter on my list. Um, I was very torn because I love Jared Allen this year, and I. But I, I have Jared Allen on my roster. But I was like, does he start? Like, could he start? And like, I ultimately came <laughs> to the no. But he's been awesome. <laughs> he has been, yeah. I, I, I was hoping you talk yourself out of that. You sent your list. I was like, well, he's, he's definitely on the team. I was going to talk about the Cavs guys. We're a little short in time. So I'll just skip over the Cavs for now. Allen is the guy for the Cavs. He's got to be on the team. He's been awesome. I love Evan Mobley. I love Darius Garland. I don't think it's quite there yet. No, I would love to reward the Cavs for what they've done. But look, we didn't think any Cavs were going to be all-stars this year. They're getting rewarded with Jared Allen here. So 100%. Allen's on the reserves for us. So it's the only three starters for you so far. You've got Baller on your reserves list, I know. 
who are your other two starters? Because this is where I go really off the rails here. <laughs> yeah. So I had DeMar DeRozan starting and James Harden as well. Uh, so those are my two backcourt starters. And I just feel like DeRozan's just been having a crazy year. And I think he, I think he deserves it, but it, but it is tough between him and Levine to say like, well, who's really the one that should get the credit. And I feel like DeRozan's getting, getting more credit than Levine. And that's partially because Levine is, was there, you know, whereas yeah. DeRozan's like the new guy. So you say like, Oh, well, he's probably more valuable, but I think that that's, I think that that's a toss up. That's a, that's definitely one that you can have a conversation about. Yeah. I'm fine with Harden mm-hmm. as a starter. Harden's obviously an all-star. So we don't need to debate that too much. I penalized him for the, you know, the first month of blah, like he had yeah, last whatever year. that was. <laughs> so what, whatever it was, I, I, I penalized him, dropped him down to being a reserve, but you know, whatever. So we're, we're, we're all doing our legalistic thing. Damar and Zach Levine, they're forwards. They're playing minutes at forward. They're the Jimmy Butler thing again. I'd be too high and mighty about it because I played a forward as my guard spot also. So here, here's my absolutely crazy position. As our resident Bulls fan who lives in Chicagoland, <laughs> I do not have DeMar DeRozan on my all-star team. Not as a reserve. He's He might be. Your, your job in the next like 10 minutes when we get back to it is to convince me that I'm crazy and that Matt and Raheem will literally kill me and that DeMar has got to be on the list. I think Levine is 1A on this team. And the Bulls, in some fashion to me, are kind of like how we talked about with the Suns, where I think it's really it's a team effort. And it, it's the team has come through. I'm giving the Bulls credit, but I don't think that there's been the superstar performance. I think DeMar as an MVP is insanity. I don't think that he's anywhere near the mix of some of the other guys we talked about. Like, it's, it's a prisoner of the moment thing. Get the two game-winning shots. It's very exciting. It's huge. I, I love it. I love to see as a Bulls fan. But I think we need to be realistic here. And you know, like he's he's not going to measure up to the LeBrons and Jokic's of the world, let alone the actual MVP favorites. Um, I have Levine on my team, but toward the bottom of it, and I have DeRozan as one of my last few names to consider. So we'll circle back when we get to the bottom. We talked about the Cavs. Oh, I have a starter still to name. So I do have one guard on my team. I don't even know if he's on your team. Maybe I'll sell you on him. I got Fred Van Vliet. Freddie I want to have him on my team. Yeah, Freddie's my starter. Rockford, Illinois. So there's my homerism. I'll get the guy that will trade in my bull for a Rockford guy. Fred Van, Vliet, Fred Van Vliet is top 10 in the NBA in BPM. He's sixth in VORP. He's seventh in EPM. He's all the, as Zach Lowe says, the VORPs and Schwarps and all the letters. Like he's the new, <laughs> he's the new Kyle Lowry. Like yeah. somehow the Raptors moved on and just like his, his, his traditional numbers don't show it, but he just does everything and, and they just are better with them and they win with them and he makes everyone better. And it's all the things that Cal Lowry used to do. He's leading the league in minutes per game. He's indestructible. And I just get my other options for guard. I got Trey young. He's on my team, but I don't really yeah. feel like I need him starting. No, you know, the, the Raptors are better than the Hawks right now. And Ben Vliet has been better than Trey young by pretty much all those metrics. So I got Ben Vliet in. I think he's got to be on your team. Did I convince you to put him on your roster? Yeah, I think we got to put him in there. I'm not sure who I want to remove because I kind of felt like there were a couple of guys that I wanted on there for like almost like popularity reasons. And then I was like, <laughs> I don't have forwards, but maybe I maybe I do. <laughs> so uh, I, I really wanted Van, Van Vliet on my roster and I just wasn't sure where exactly to stick him to stick him. 
because I wanted the one guy that I wanted on my, I wanted LaMelo on the roster, but he's probably the guy that's like actually like at the bottom of like who, you know, who should be on the roster or not. So I could, I could, I could put Van Vliet in over, over LaMelo in that spot. Yeah. It, it it feels Mm -hmm. like LaMelo and Van Vliet might be fighting for the same slot. Like, uh, I don't really want to talk about anyone, but Sabonis has probably got to be on the list, right? Sabonis is an all-star. List, yeah. Like, I'm not excited. I'm not excited necessarily to watch him at the all-star game, but he, he's there. He's like a reigning champ or something of whatever skills contest. Like, he can yeah. throw it through, through the tire. Good for Sabonis. Like, I'd be fine if Sabonis had, like, a mild ankle sprain and then gave a spot to LaMelo if it comes down to that. You know, That's like, fair. Yeah, like, give, like backdoor. LaMelo can get backdoored in there yeah. for his first one. Yeah, and, and like I, I'm fine with these young guys having to earn it too. Uh, I, I actually I had Lamelo as a starter in my first go around, not necessarily because he deserved it, but because I needed some guards. So I yeah, trained yeah. Lamelo, and they were I'm my so traditional popular. guards. Yeah. He's, he's, he's popular and he's fun. It's an all star yeah. game. All star games are better when you have point guards that are just diming people up. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> and he's gonna <laughs> run. Like he's gonna yeah. run. <laughs> well, and like again, if this is an old East team. We got Giannis, Durant, Butler, and Bita. Like, I need somebody out there to, to just, like, go create some plays and just get these guys going. Like, I want to see Lomelo throwing alley-oops to, to Giannis and to some of these other guys. Garrett Allen, that'd be a lot of fun. So, we've talked about a bunch of these guys. I've got on my reserves Trey Young, Garrett Allen, Demonis Sabonis, and I've got Lomelo, James Harden, Zach Levine. So, th- that's six names. So, I had one spot left after that, and that's where we come back to the DeMar DeRozan thing. He's one of my final names here. Do you have a Celtic on your list? Because I ended up leaving the Celtics off of mine. Jason Tatum, to me, is... I looked at Tatum versus DeRozan, and I think DeRozan's been a little better, and his team has been infinitely better. And I'm not even sure if Tatum is the most deserving Celtic. Jalen Brown, you could talk me into being... Time Lord. Time Lord, yeah. Time Lord's <laughs> advanced metrics. Like, I, I got him on my list. He's really 11th in win shares right now. Yeah. He's playing a lot more lately. Al Horford's been very steady. I don't know who the Celtics all-star is. And I don't know that we need there to be an answer to that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that they need a name there. Do you have a Celtic? I had Tatum, but I think it was just in the whole, like, it's kind of like what we talked about with the East. Like I didn't, I felt like there were a lot of guys that could be put in the, onto the roster, but I wasn't sure who. And I was just like, all right, like I could go with him. Like I could, there's an argument here. He's like kind of a clutch performer. He's popular. Um, and, and like, yeah. cause I think at the end of the day, like when you get down to it, you, you kind of can run into a situation where guys get voted in that like as starters. And then you're like, Oh boy, like now we don't, now we don't have guys that are really deserving. <laughs> so yeah. then it's like, you're really cutting out people. So I, I could see something like that even happening because Boston it's big city, very popular. Tatum's pretty popular player. Um, so I, I think it's something that could happen, you know? I think it could. Uh, you know, the the good thing there in the East is we've got all those other front court guys that we we already had a hard time getting them into our starting lineups already. So yeah, I don't know who Tatum starts ahead of when we've got Giannis and Embiid and some mm-hmm. of those other guys taking spots up there. So I, I think I think they'll be safe. We'll see if he gets in. I, I suspect he will. It's interesting though. We we didn't really talk about Dame much in the West. He, he's not really deserving of All Star this year. I love no. the guy. He just hasn't been good enough. He's not healthy. In the East, you got Bradley Beal putting up silly numbers like usual. Wasn't really much of a consideration for me. Yeah. (laughs) Kuzma not also a consideration for me. Uh, I don't have Chris Middleton any real consideration. For I tried to think about getting Montrez Harrell a spot. 
if it was like a month ago, I might've found a way to get him in there, but you know, they've just fallen off a little too much. So my last spot in the East, I, I tentatively have Drew Holiday in there. I just think Drew has been awesome. He's been clearly the second best Bucks player. The advanced metrics are great. So I, I come down to Levine, LaMelo, Drew, and DeMar. I've got those four names, only three spots. And I have DeMar as the last cut. So talk me out of, if I got to have DeMar in my team, talk me out of Levine, LaMelo, or Drew, because those are my last, my last guys there. I think the easiest one to talk you out of is LaMelo. You just say he's got to earn it. Like, you know, he's a youngin. Uh, let him, <laughs> let him, let him earn his stripes. I think that that's fine. Uh, Drew, I guess you could say he's, I don't know. He's like the Bucks already got somebody there. Um, and then with Levine, it's just, well, you know, he's not like De- DeRozan's the new guy. Like DeRozan's the reason why the Bulls are better. Um, he's the one that like elevated them. I, I don't know whether I believe this or not is like, but this is the <laughs> argument, <laughs> like, you know, I think Levine's awesome, <laughs> but, uh, and he's just kind yeah. of flying under the radar, but I think that's, those are kind of like some of the arguments that you're using, but yeah, okay. I, I think, you, yeah. yeah, I think you, Drew's you awesome. Lose. You lose. You didn't convince me. Demar is out. He's out of my team. Give me the clicks. Give me the hate. I've never <laughs> been a Demar guy. I'm trying to get there. I want LaMelo on my team. Levine is the ball star player. I want Drew on the team. Demar, you're out. I'm sorry. You're out. <laughs> Joe, is there anybody else on your East team that did we get all 12 of your guys? I think so. Yeah. Cause we talked, we touched on Sabonis. Uh, I have Butler in there. So yeah, I think we got everybody. And then uh, my guy, Jared Allen. Has yeah, to be on. Uh, I have Allen as like a lock. Like I, yeah, need Allen, Allen's, I agree. Allen's a lock. He's definitely got to be on the team. I don't know that he's a lock in real life, but I think he should be, he, he should be yeah. there for sure. Yeah. I, right. I think he's excellent. Last thing before our producer hops on and kills us for going way <laughs> overboard. Uh, we got to do our East coaches here. Who's your starting coach for the Eastern conference. So right now I have Billy Donovan, Chicago. So this kind of gets us out of that DeRozan Levine argument. (laughs) And uh, it's like, yep, we got it. (laughs) Put Billy Donovan out there. Yeah. Donovan is my pick as well. And yeah, it's the same sort of thing. It's the same thing we said with the Suns and Monty Williams. And I I think Donovan could be the choice anyways. You know, he he will be, if they're the one seed, he'll be the guy that gets to go. Donovan's been great as a Bulls fan. I can't say I was the most enthusiastic about his hire, but you know, he's been fantastic. I still think too, that Donovan is the, is the most likely coach of the year right now. And so that I I do think that there's some value on coach of the year there. The other guy that I still have my eye on that I really, really wanted to get as my head coach here. I've got JB Bickerstaff as an Eastern all-star and I don't know if it will hold up. I don't know if it will last all year. We'll see how the Cavs hold up. But for right now, Nobody thought the Cavs were going to be anywhere near this good. Their defense has been awesome. He's starting three seven-footers. Like had injuries. Yeah, and, and injuries. Yeah, they're missing Sexton. You know, they're missing Rubio now. And they, they just kind of keep rolling. Even Allen and Mobley haven't been there all the time either. So I think in this format, bigger staff has to be there. And I would be fine with him as the head coach of this team. I think that's um, fair. Just, yeah. he, he's been awesome. I, I did not see it. If we had to rank coaches before the season, you know, Luke Walton would have been last, but I think Bickerstaff probably is second to last on the list. And <laughs> yeah, you know, no, that was not. He's moving up. Did, did you have JB on your list? Didn't, but I think I almost, I like meant to put him on because I have for my last guy I had a question mark on my list. And I just like <laughs> blanked on who the coach I wanted to put there was. Um, Cause I had, I had Budenholzer 
uh, on my list uh, with the question mark. But then like, I think it should really be Bickerstaff and probably Nash because he's had to navigate so much stuff between, you know, the media, Kyrie, uh, different players being out, like kind of just juggling a lot of COVID issues with that team in general. Um, I felt like Nash deserved a spot uh, because I think he's really managed it well. Uh, and, he, and he's kind of weathered the whole storm. And even now he's trying to figure out like, okay, well now what do I do? Like, how do I do minutes with Kyrie playing half the games and being a part-time player? So I think that there's something to be said about, you know, that type of coaching ability. I mean, when you have yeah. Durant, Harden and Kyrie, it kind of, it kind of gets you <laughs> wins themselves, but I think he's had to navigate those personalities. Yeah, I agree. I don't have a problem with Nash. Steve Nash might actually be just like a guard on the team. Like, we, we may just give him one of our guard spots out there. Oh, that's my favorite player. So don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> Nash was my fourth or fifth guy. I'm fine with him on the list. I had Spolstra yeah. as the other spot yeah, here. Yeah, he's right there. I just, I, I was surprised just seeing, I didn't realize exactly how much Miami guys have been missing this season until I really looked at the numbers for this exercise and just to see them you know, they've crept right back up in there. And I think too, if we flip the season, if the second quarter of the season were the start and the start were more recent, the heat were the rage at the beginning of the year, you know, the first yes. month or so we were talking all about them. So that's why I think Butler needs the reward. And I think Spo gets the reward too, because there's clearly not a second all-star on that team. No, like no. there's not Honestly, even it might be Tyler hero or Omar Yurtsen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, Omar, I love playing his prosper. Sure. We, we've both been playing a lot of him lately. Yeah. Uh, last thing here. So we talked about bigger staff and Donovan. I'm looking at DraftKings, coach of the year. Donovan plus 370, Monty Williams plus 400, Steve Kerr 400, bigger staff 450. So basically, DraftKings is saying we think there's four guys who could win this, all about even. Is there a yeah. name of those four? Or is there anyone else coach of the year that you got your eye on as we wrap up here? So actually, I was thinking about that. I felt like I didn't want to put him in there now. Uh, Although I think he's in the top five with Spolstra, because um, I'm looking at uh, I don't know I figure we could do a line shopping thing right now because I have BetMGM up and I have him at sixteen to one, and I think that yeah. like kind of kind of yeah he's at eighteen of, to one at draft. Okay, so we got better odds there, but like kind of like how we're talking about this, uh, I think that if the if the Heat get hot like at the at they can rip off at the back end of the season. He's definitely somebody that you go like, what happened here? Like, how did they do this, you know, without these guys? And I think they'll look even more impressive if you have, you know, Bam playing, you have Jimmy Butler playing, Heroes actually coming off the bench, you know, Lowry's still there. So I think that's a, he's an option. Yeah, I think the longer number there, I do think Spolstra is an interesting play, especially as the Heat hopefully get healthy and maybe make another push in the second half. He was one of the names I had my eye on coming into the year. Uh, to me, I think that there is value here, and it's because the profile of a coach of the year typically is a coach who really overperforms expectations and wins mm -hmm. like 10 more games higher than what the you know the over-under was coming to the year. That's yeah. why I like Donovan. That's why Bickerstaff, if they keep up, is surely yes. going to be in the mix. Um, but Spolstra fits that too. Kerr and Monty Williams don't really fit that as well. No. So I, I don't really love Kerr for this award. Now that Clay is back, I think there's just going to be too, it's too easy to give they're credit to the stars. Yeah. They're too good. And the Suns, it's, you know, we talked about them. Like, Monty deserves credit for that. So does Kerr, so do all these guys. But the Suns just made the finals. And I think it's going to be too easy to be like, well, yeah, look at all the talent they have. They have so many of these good, good young players and Chris Paul, coach on the floor. <laughs> I just, I don't feel like it's one of those two, which should mean then that 
Donovan, Bickerstaff, Bolstra, maybe Taylor Jenkins, that yeah. the, the door would be open for value elsewhere. Uh, Steve Nash goes into that same mix of just like, well, how are we going to give it to him when there's so much talent there? Exactly. It's just yeah. not who we normally give the award to. So I yeah. do think that there's some value there yeah. uh, and I, as and I, a team emerges. Yeah, I mean, the Heat are only three games back of the one seed in the East. So, I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to be the one seed. I think we expected them to be good, but I don't think anybody thought they would be the one seed. So, I think with Spolstra at 18 to 1, you're getting, I think you're getting good value there. Uh, but I think you're right, though. I think it's going to be, it could be whoever comes out as the top seed in the East between him or, you know, even Billy Donovan. Well, yeah, by the time you listen to this, you may have already heard Joe. If you haven't, check out Joe on our Thursday workshop podcast, checking out the Thursday night lines. Next week, we'll be back Monday, fantasy episode with Dan Titus and Adam Koppler. Tuesday, the big picture with myself, Matt Moore and Raheem Palmer. Wednesday workshop, we're back. And we've got a lot more coming to you here too, especially as football starts to wrap up. We're going to be really bringing you a lot of Buckets episodes here. For Brandon Anderson and Joe Dallara, this has been the Buckets Podcast. Have a good weekend and let's get Buckets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.